This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rob Ryan Red podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fair, and I'm joined, well, co-host really, by Nathan Salt today. Hi, Rich. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, the sun's shining, Wrexham are winning. What could you not love really in life at the moment? Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 2nd of March. Wrexham ended February on a high. They won. It was the perfect, maybe early St. David's Day gift for us all. Wellston at home. We both predicted a win on the podcast last week. I mean, it was a game that, although we didn't get the scoreline right, it was a match which we probably did anticipate that Wrexham would make it hard for themselves. First half was as bad as it gets, but the second half was just about as good as we've seen this season. Uh, we did predict the win, which you know reflects well on us. But at half time, I thought, you know what, this is just typical Wrexham right now. Where, you know, there's nothing's going right for us, and. I was just looking at it. I was listening to Andy Morell on commentary and he said two words at half time that, that need to be shown, courage and bravery. And I thought, second, we came out did really well. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. I thought Dior Angus looked really good, was worthy of his goal. I was really impressed with Tyler French as well. I thought his, his delivery was spot on. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's a positive, you know. We, it was so down after those couple of... Defeats and really poor performances. Not a defeat against Paul, but really poor. And uh, you know what, Rex won and finally got my hands on some mini eggs. I was things are looking up, Rich, for me to be honest. Mini eggs already. I've been contemplating yeah, I know. when to go in on the Easter <laughs> stuff because Easter season is my absolute favourite. I'm such a like. I just love cream eggs. I love Easter eggs so much. I will always, usually not this year, but usually if I see one that's one pound. Easter eggs with like a bit of chocolate with it. That is like value for money galore. They're and everywhere, Rich. They're everywhere now. There's I know, I know, but that's the, the problem. I mean, Easter's lost its way. To me, there's, Easter's only about one thing. It's about the Saturday-Monday doubleheader in the football. And, you know, people need to remember that. It's not just about the chocolate. It's about watching Wrexham away and then at home once. And I remember doing the... I think, it was the, I think um, Forest Green away when we had nine men and drew nil-nil. I think that was Easter Monday. I remember I think, that yeah, was, I, I think that was Easter Monday. I remember going down uh, as part of the media team, commentating in the stand. It was a beautiful sunny day in is it where is it Nailsworth? Where, it, yeah, it's Cheltenham Way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Forest Green, that kind of a way. very bizarre I, place. But I remember uh, Solly. I remember Solly Hall. I think that was definitely a bank holiday. I can't remember if it was Easter time around April. God, I missed bank holiday away days. 
we took uh, I think we took double the amount. We took about fifteen hundred, and they really played it down the figure we'd taken just to yeah. make, make their home attendance look God, too bad. It, that's that's the um, ultimate sort of in it. Bank holiday away day on the train somewhere. You've had a few, and you get there. We've got double the the home crowd in the away end itself, and inevitably we probably lose because that's what happens. Yeah. And you know the the two there's two certainties in life. Wrexham have a big away following, and Wrexham on TV we don't win matches. No, well, that was you know the TV. That's why I was worried about the the Notts County game. Obviously, it didn't end up going ahead. And uh, but yeah. no, things are looking up, Rich. I, I think you know when I watched it back, um, just to kind of reflect on it again, I, I was really. I mean, Kwame Thomas. I have to admit, when he joined the club, I was very skeptical, and and I had a few jokes with friends. You know, this this guy is nowhere near enough to to get us up. We mentioned last week about this sort of constant debate about 20 goal a season strikers and that's one for the bingo card obsession every week it's the 20 goal striker chat but this borderline obsession with 20 goal season strikers before they've even kicked the ball or before we've seen them kick a ball and you know i have to say i've been really impressed with Kwame thomas even in some of the the defeats i mean he really puts himself about he's a really good target man and and he is really good foil i think for whoever we have up there with him so for me I'm, i'm i'm really impressed with with how he's settling in and his confidence at the minute. Yeah, I think that strike force is brilliant. You know, I think they both get each other a lot. And I'm just annoyed that, like, you know, the, the race course full, given those players that extra, you know, sort of cliche 10% or whatever, they're the type of players who fans are going to love because they chase the dead balls, they chase the keeper down, they just get you off the back of your seat and they create chances out of nothing. You know, it, it is that sort of Jamie Vardy sort of vibe about them and not that they're actual sort of clones of him, but the fact that they just chase the ball down. And again, we it came back to what we were speaking about on the first podcast last week, that they're players that fans love because they play like fans themselves. They give 110%, they close the men down and, you know, the goals at the weekend were, were from hard work, really. I know there was the, the great Luke Young one was just a, a brilliant set piece off the training ground. That, which, that was amazing. I love that. that was I mean, I was good. I was going to tweet in the first half saying, what do we do all week in training after we'd conceded from a soft set piece ourselves? Maybe we were concentrating on, on scoring them this week instead. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, yeah. they, they made up for it in the end. And I was like... You know, because when Wrexham go behind, it's so easy to jump on the sort of bandwagon and get really negative. And I was, I was contemplating oh, is, on Saturday. Yeah, it is, now. I mean, the thing about Saturday as well is, I mean, it's easy to say now because we won four one, but first half we were actually quite good. We weren't great, you know. We mm. the, the goal for Wilston, they were having lots of sort of wild efforts from distance, and they were trying to look. They obviously know that our back line is still a bit shaky at times and isn't quite as established as, as we'd like it to be. But the goal was just. I say freak, it probably happens too often for it to be called a freak occurrence, but it was one of those sort of individual errors and it was just an absolute mess, wasn't it? But I think we yeah, I think yeah. we played well throughout the whole game, really. And in the second half, we just went out there with that arrogance and said, you know what, let's bloody prove it because we are the better team. Let's show it for a change. Well, we need to sort of put our foot on the throat, you know, without being too sort of aggressive on these teams at home, you know. I think when we went 2-1, it really, we really seemed to just have belief you know, obviously, before a game kicks off, a lot of people will just have blind faith in that, you know, Wrexham will get a result. You're trying to speak positivity um, into the atmosphere. But, you know, deep down, a lot of us are quite worried about how the defence is going to hold up. Will the midfield show up? How will the strikers, will they get any service? But when we went 2-1 up, you could just see that extra snap in the tackle and the extra bite that maybe Vassell took a bit far. We'll maybe get onto him and his sending off. But, you know, we did have that belief. And you think when we have that, I mean, we can beat anyone in the league. I mean, so can anyone in this division, but we definitely can. We've got the quality to do so. 
it's just we just need to have that belief from the off. I thought, yeah, we did play well in that first half, but I thought there was a little bit, there were phases of play where the pass wasn't quite right or we weren't trying maybe that ball that we should have done. It just When we went 2-1 up, we seemed to have that confidence that, yeah, we, we've got this in our hands now and we're not going to let it slip. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, good Stephen Gerrard quote there. We're not, we aren't going to let it slip. <laughs> I mean, we all know what happened after that, don't we? But uh, yeah, I think there was that, I mean, you've got to give credit as well to the team for the fact that it would have been so easy going 1-0 down in that manner to then feel sorry for ourselves and capitulate like we have done so often. Um, so, you know, I mean, again, we don't give Keats credit all the time. And I think, you know, hopefully it was either him or one of the senior players at half time who really did sort of just say things that needed to be said because the fact that there was an immediate response certainly um, made things look a, a lot brighter, didn't they? And yeah, it was it was great to see us come out and come for the blocks and what was it within eight minutes we we turned the game on its head and like we said the, the goals that Kwame was scoring were those ugly goals that we don't always have and you know it's one of those cliches when you're in the stand and the amount of times that we've had a striker who doesn't quite put himself where you want him to be but if you stand in the six yard box and around those areas you're going to get goals and it happened at the weekend and god it was just refreshing to see I mean in a way that second half performance was everything we don't expect from Wrexham I mean, I kept tweeting. I ended up in some in some sort of quote tweet loop whereby the Wrexham had a shot on target, and I put, "This is amazing. We've had a shot on target, and we scored a goal." And I just kept quoting it for four goals, and I thought, "This is never going to end. What a what a thrilling thread this is going to be for my weekend." But yeah, yeah no, the, his first one was just amazing. I mean, not in terms of skill or anything like that, but he slid in, and he somehow just sort of readjusted, and it just hit him in the head and went in. Just brilliant piece of kind of. You know, if you put the right improvisation, soundtrack, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's just kind of just just being there, like you say. I mean, you've just got to be there. His second one, I mean, he was just there all alone at the back stick. Seemed to have the freedom of Wrexham to to head that one in. What a bloody ball that um, was, though, by uh, Angus. Like that deal. is just yeah the intelligence and the the understanding as well. Because obviously, when you see it from the TV angle, it's really easy to say that passes on. But when you're actually on the pitch yourself and you're at the back post, to, to stick one up that high with a perfect weight and perfect trajectory was. Uh, just a beautiful goal to behold, really. Um, I mean, I think we all know what goal of the game was, though, don't we? Oh, I, I mean, I was going to say, just to, if we could go back to the Luke Young one. I mean, one of, I think we're going to have to rename at some stage, whenever he departs Wrexham, I mean, it will have to be the Luke Young goal of the season award. Because, I mean, he has scored... What's your favourite ever Luke Young goal, then? My favourite one is... Uh, I, I Dagenham? Think by a mile, Dagenham away. I was there, yeah. I saw it, and, you know, I mean, that is one of the purest strikes I've seen. Um, live watching Wrexham in, in recent years, just so, uh, and that was just a great day. Super sunny in Dagenham, you know, lots of overpriced burgers there that were that were quite nice. Um, you know, those London prices that we all love so much. Um, but yeah, no, that Dagenham one was super. But this one, it wasn't necessarily the strike was brilliant. It was top corner. It was a brilliant goal. But it was the fact that every element of that goal worked so well. You know, record had sent three or four deliveries in right on the keeper. And everything about that move, we'd, we'd orchestrated. We lured to them into it, didn't we? And then yeah, that's struck perfect. to perfection. You only get one chance at it as well. Do you know what I mean? When you've when you've played them all right at the keeper down his throat, then you get one chance to mix it up, which we did. The defenders were all caught on the back foot. Youngie's finish, absolutely sublime. Because the amount of times you've been sat behind the goal and you've had the ball launched towards your face anyway when we we try something like that. And again, what we say is, and this is no criticism of Youngie, but most of the goals he scores are sort of like improvisation. It's like frustration, there's nothing else on, I'll have a hit. But this was just, it was just perfectly curated and it was finished to perfection. It was 
lovely, really good. And, you know, it was maybe a middle finger to those people who say, like, why don't we practice our set pieces? We obviously do. There's there's one for you. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was perfect, you know, and, and a great way to kind of headline that game, I thought. Like you say, Kwame's brace was great. Dior, I thought it was a really good finish for Dior, actually, through the keeper's legs there. Um, but I felt like Luke Young, you know, that was the perfect kind of, headline for the game that we've you know the team had has had a lot of stick you know myself included and others we said last week we touched on it last week after such a disappointing game against Hartlepool and Dean even mentioned it you know he he, he sort of alluded to the criticism and you know that he has heard it all and and when it's not going right it's a difficult club to be at you know make no bones about it but uh you know it, it we needed a win going into the Sutton game I felt like that you know that's such a difficult game for us to, to look ahead to we we really needed to be winning games like Wilson at home yeah. if we're going to have a serious go at the playoffs. I think you know that if that if you're really serious about it, we said before the game, you know, last week's pod, if if you're really serious about making the, the sort of the top four or five places, you want to be real contenders. You need to be winning those games at home. Yeah, and it's I mean you understand why professionals say it and stuff, and it's like respect to our opponent or whatever. But if you want to be a playoff team, you can't be going into the game saying, "Oh, Wellston, a great team, they deserve to be respected." Because yeah, okay, they've got some good players and they've got a particular way about them. But you know, we're a better team. Let's please show it for a change, and and we did, and we got the points we deserved. But you know, this podcast might end up just being a podcast where one week we're sad, one week we're happy because it is certain <laughs> at the weekend and we it, we don't know when we're, we're going to record the podcast after that so it might be after the Barnet game as well which is on Tuesday and you know we're playing the team who are second from top and the team who are second from bottom in, in the National League and I guess that will be the real sort of sort of identifier of where we actually are at the moment because you just never know with this Wrexham side we can make... we can often play really well against a team when you're not expecting it and then you have a gimme like Barnet, which no offence to them, but that should be a walk in the park. But will it be? Who the hell knows? I guess that's You never know with Wrexham. You never know with Wrexham, Rich. That's the thing. Every gimme we seem to think we have turns... You know, it it really wouldn't surprise me if Wrexham went and beat Sutton, you know, and kind of shot the division. Not shot the division. Wrexham are a good side, but, you know, upset the apple cart there because Sutton are in such good form and a really good side this year. And then we trip up at, at Barnet. That really wouldn't surprise me one bit. If anything, it would be classic Wrexham to to get the result where people don't think you're going to get it, and the one you think that is a gimme, somehow you, you know you trip up. I mean, Aldershot they 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 had to have you know double sided paper for their injury list. You know they had so many injuries for key players, and yet we got we came away tails between our legs there. Yeah, um, I mean knows, bloody I mean, that bloody Ebbsfleet game where they didn't even warm up. No. Was that two seasons ago now? Yeah, I didn't want the reminder. To, I didn't want the reminder to be honest. But it's those Netflix sort of fans. games where, yeah. like, oh my god, you just you, you, it's only Wrexham that could lose those sort of games. And it's, like we said about the DNA of the club, you just you can't take anything for granted. And that's why even with the takeover and stuff, I'm so happy. I just can't wait to see what happens. But deep down, the pessimist inside of me saying something's got to go wrong somewhere. I just will not <laughs> believe it until I see us in League Two. You know, I just I can't get carried away. Oh, I'm with you, Rich. I'm, I'm, you know, naturally quite a pessimistic football fan. I, I think it's just, you know, years of disappointment, you know, kind of. I was really, for example, the Eastley game at home, I was just really pumped. I remember watching it with some London Reds in a pub in North London, and I, I went there just really optimistic. I was really convinced that, you know, we were much a better team. We were at home. We just, I just had a really good feeling about it, which is quite odd for me. And then obviously they, they scored the screamer and, and we end up going out. 
Um, and that I was mean, don't done. get don't get me started on that Eastley playoff game though, because we had a clear goal disallowed in the first half. <laughs> we did, we did. Or was it um, second half? But... I can't remember. I think it was the second half actually. Um, yeah. The header, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the header from was it Lawler? I can't I can't quite I, remember. I, was he injured? I, I, no, he's out for the rest of the season, wasn't it? It was arm injury. I can't remember. We I some... vaguely remember it, and it was I was kind of um, just kind of trying to block it out to be yeah. honest because it was such a. There's always remember... injustice. Yeah, I mean, somebody somebody we know both quite well, Sam and Peach, enjoyed the, the Eastley winner far more than we did. Yeah, um, he was texting me throughout was, it. He's the, yeah. he's the PA Man United reporter <laughs> yeah. who supports Southampton. But then I was at Old Trafford with him when Southampton lost 9-0 to Man United. So I there think there was an, so, an element of revenge in there, although yeah, there was an element wasn't Wrexham getting what we wanted. But, oh, well, it, it went that yeah, way. But yeah, on Sutton, I mean, because, you know, because I've spent a lot of time in London, I, I've done the trip to Gander Green Lane multiple times. I was there when Summerfield got sent off, and that was just horrendous. We got we got beat two or three nil in the rain. That was a dreadful one. And of course, it was Sutton who we absolutely freshed when we won the FA Trophy. It was five nil away, wasn't it? That we beat Sutton. Was that in that round was two it. or round three? Yeah, not one that I went to. Unfortunately, no. every time I've gone, it's kind of uh, been disaster. Quigley yeah, and... scored when I went, and Quigley and Scott Bowden. That was a good team. We drew one one there. Just a really difficult place to go. I mean, I don't know if it's the surface or what it is, but yeah, I mean, of course, they is... were the team who knocked Leeds out of the FA Cup. Was it Indeed, two, three yeah. years ago? It was the Lincoln year, yeah. wasn't it? Um, maybe four years ago. Now, God, time's flown by, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> but maybe five years ago. God, it's getting older every time I think about it. Oh, Where's dear, my life, God? Why are we still in the bloody National League? Yeah. Uh, oh God. But it's, yeah, it's actually quite painful when you think about it. You know, whenever I have well, to tell people, well, what's painful for me is the fact that we look back at that FA Trophy run and stuff, and you look at back at FA Cup games etc and i remember in the fa cup we had the game where we beat maidstone at home 5-2 i think mm-hmm. and andy bishop scored a hat trick maybe i remember doing it for a uni assignment so i remember it vividly and yeah and i remember the sutton game i remember solihull in the fa trophy as well they had someone called junior english i think up front um you think of those three teams maidstone sutton and Solihull and we were considered huge favourites for all those cup games but now they've all been promoted they've all been to our league and they've all at a point maybe been better than us as well and it just god it makes me feel ill I mean next it's going to be bloody Stamford back or something isn't it I mean just just whenever I see you know having on Waterloo or nothing against any of these teams but just the turnover of teams that we have and I have to explain to people you know kind of where I'm going or you know what away day I'm doing this time around pre-pandemic obviously and uh, it just becomes harder and harder to kind of stomach, you know, kind of the, where I'm going. It's the fact that there's so many to... teams who've come up out of nowhere. I mean, we've been here, Torquay have been relegated, got crap, got good again, and now top of the league. Mm. And we've yeah. sort of plateaued and nothing really changes too much. And we're talking about a playoff eliminator against Eastleigh as one of the highlights of our last few years. And God, just please give us... I mean, the dream is somehow being able to be allowed into a playoff final, isn't it? Um, as oh, a I test mean, event would, or whatever, yeah. but... That would be unbelievable. I mean, it would be, if anything, you know, it felt like talking to somebody about Liverpool winning the league title. It would almost be, you know, sort of the way Wrexham would have to do it, you know, get promoted in, in a year where fans couldn't be there to see us get out of the league. I mean, it would just be kind of classic Wrexham, how you're going to end this miserable chapter in that, non-league. Okay, there's a, there's a question. Maybe this one doesn't work very well. And this was maybe one if you listen to the podcast as well, let us know what you think. Would you rather Wrexham get promoted this season, but you can't go to a game, or you've got to wait another two years, but you can. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that's a tricky one. I, I mean, 
selfishly, I'd love to be there, but I also just want us to get out by any yeah, means possible. I so think I'd I th- go this year at any cost. I think I would, Rich. Yeah, I think I'd just say get out by any cost and just give me give me a League Two away day, you know, next yeah. year. And I think also the prospect of missing out on promotion, of, of being there for a promotion game is eased if everyone's in the same boat. You know, if it was like a playoff final, but you've got a wedding or whatever and you can't get out of it and then you miss it, <laughs> it'll eat, eat up at you. But I think if we were all missing out, then you can maybe just about take it. But, you know, it would be a good problem to have. So I'm not going to start bemoaning it too much. We'll see what happens. Um, like I said, there's a hell of a lot of football left. And like we said, this time next week, we'll be we'll, a week today, Wrexham will be going up for that Barnet game and who knows what the mood will be. You know, in this week's key, Rich. This this week is key, Rich. I think yeah. I think that Sutton game really is. You know, obviously the managers and players will say every game is key, but I think we'll get a good idea of where we are in in that Sutton game. You know, we saw against Hartlepool, we didn't really want to. You know, from a boxing analogy standpoint, we didn't really want to throw any punches. Really, we just didn't want to get hit. So we 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 defended quite deep, and we just essentially accepted that we weren't going to take a beating. Did what we could. Obviously, we escaped what was a clear penalty i think we can all accept that and we we didn't get beat we, we managed to sort of scramble to a draw then you know now you look at it and go Sutton again do, do you just try and set up to not get beat i don't think i don't think you want to do that again personally i think you maybe got to try and and lay a glove on them because otherwise you know you're just asking to get punished we're not going to keep getting away with decisions like we did i mean look take this weekend we were denied a penalty it was a clear handball. I felt like from the Wellstone player. Yeah, you're going to get rubber the green. But I think Sutton is more than the Barnet game. Sutton is the one where people will look at that, and if it's a repeat of the Hartlepool game, more doubts will arise. Of how, are we, have we actually got the quality to get this done with the way we're setting up and going about it? I don't know if that's the case. You know, if, if we set up as we did. But yeah. no, let's see what you think. Well, the difficult thing about Sutton is that they're second in the league, but. There's almost argument to say they are the best team in the league because you know they've played three games less than Torquay, so they've lost less less games than Torquay as well. So they so as it stands, Torquay are top on forty seven points and they've played twenty four games. Sutton are four points behind them but have three games in hand. So theoretically, they could you know they could go clear as well at the top. So Sutton is gonna be like I said, it's not just the surface. It's not just the fact they've got an experienced side and they've got you know a core of squad who do understand this level. I know that's cliche, but they do understand the nitty gritty of it all really. Um, so I think Sutton away particularly, you know, it might technically be the hardest game we've got left this season. So I wouldn't begrudge you know a point even if we set up shop and. It's crap, but the the problem is it's on TV. So if we go there and the account for ourselves is or like ten men behind the ball and we just try to suffocate possession and do absolutely nothing, then there will be frustration because you at least want to put on a show for yourselves, but it's not Keats's job maybe to entertain at the moment. I know mm. it comes back no, to what yeah. is football. Is it an ent- entertainment sport or is it one which is a uh, results business, really? And for Keats at the moment, it's very much about results. No one's got to give him praise if we, if we no. play well and lose. So I think it's, it's tricky, just it's, it's a tricky. You look one at because, the playoffs as well yeah. around us. You got Eastleigh yeah. behind us by a point, but two games in hand on us. You got Notts County who are two points behind us, but have played four games less. You know, it, when everyone's played the same amount of games, we might not be a playoff team. So, mm. it, I, I I would still say that you know a point would be a good result at Sutton, but I just at least want to see us do something. Yeah, I'm with you, one hundred percent. That's the thing is that. We probably both, I mean, we're both sat here, we both accept the point. And probably before the Hartlepool game, we'd have accepted the point, but it's the manner in which you get that point. Exactly. I mean, the Hartlepool, before, before kickoff, a draw, you say, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'd take a one-all draw. 
But then when it's a nil-nil draw and you don't have a shot on target, you don't offer anything and you're just basically saying Hartlepool just attack us for 90 minutes and you're still extremely lucky to come away with the game with the, the point that you stole, basically. That's when the issue arises. But then... Is that not being hypocritical of us? Because we're That's, saying from I'm the, saying. We're saying yeah, from the I'm off, with you. we want a point, and if Keats gets us to the point but plays badly, can we <laughs> yeah, really criticise? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think maybe we are just asking too much. I mean, And also, also this this time it is away from home. I think it was there was just a frustration that, that, that boiled over from the older shot result. We were at home, you know, nothing was factored in, the weather and everything. We just basically, it was... A dreadful performance and I think my own frustrations personally just followed over this one away from home I know how difficult Gander Green Lane is having been there we've never really lit it up there in the league from from the times I've been um so yeah I just want to see us have I just want to see us put on a good performance whether that's defensively we just look solid because against Hartlepool I don't even think we look defensively that solid no, we I still look there think... for the taking didn't we and that's what that's what concerned mm-hmm. me but then there's the mitigation of no later than no Pearson so yeah I mean, on Pearson, that's what I said to you before before we came on the pod that you know Dean said this week that he's been to see a specialist. He doesn't think he's now out for the season, and he will be able to play again. It seems it's going to be a couple of weeks away. It's a tricky one because we're playing the back three with um, you know with uh, Kelleher, Vassell, and, and French has been in there or Carrington. I just wonder what you think. Whether you think stick with a three now and just go for continuity, or whether you get Pearson straight back in when he's in there. What do you reckon? I think you've got to be able to adapt it. And I think for the games like Sutton, etc., I think the three at the back is still the way to go. And, you know, I think particularly while Pearson's not 100% match fit, I don't think you can risk him at all. I don't think it's fair on him nor the rest of the team, really. I think that you've got to stick with Vassell, Kelleher and French as the back three for, for those sort of games. But for the game like Weldston at the weekend, I you know, if you've got someone like Pearson back, I'd love to see that more sort of dynamic 4-3-3 formation. It means that you can play an extra sort of attacking play. You can really squeeze in either Durrell, Jarvis or Redmond. I mean, it's never going to be bloody Redmond, is it? I'd love it to be Redmond. I'd love to see him actually. <laughs> I forgot what he looks like. You know, I, I want to yeah. see. I, the, the thing that frustrates me so much with Redmond, and I've got to probably mention this most weeks, is I still don't quite know if he's good enough. And that's just because he's not been given a chance. Like, fair enough if Redmond plays or, and I guess that's the tragedy of when you're out of both cup competitions so soon, you don't get the chance to, to play them. But I'd just love to see is Redmond good enough? I'd just love to see. I mean, obviously, we're not in a position where we can give away such a luxury and, you know, perhaps it's something sure. that we should consider having him on the bench for. I know having a smaller bench means you probably can't do that. But, you know, the weekend, you could have brought him on for 10, 15 minutes and just seen. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. I can't, can't like, pretend to have insight on, on the whole situation. I know he's not particularly happy. Obviously, he's not happy. He thinks he should be playing. He knows he's a top player. He knows he's got the quality and he's got the record in this league as well, which justifies that. But what annoys me so much is I, I just don't know. And I just want to see Devontae Redmond kick a ball for Wrexham. That's, that's all I want to see. But then maybe it's similar to when Devadix was, was with us. He obviously wasn't fancied by the manager and there was a reason for it. To a lesser extent, I mean, I always think of the what I call Freddie Hines syndrome or, you know, someone like Dan Holman. There's there's loads of players where I've been really excited about them. They've kind of been hyped up a bit, you know, a, a highlights reel on, on YouTube, an article, someone's blogged about it. Um, and, you know, we never see them for, for whatever reason that the manager hasn't fancied them on the training ground. Um, and it is a shame. Notts County away with one of my favourite games I've yeah. ever done with my dad, to be honest. Um, Saved by Devontae. You know, Saved by Devonta, I mean, with a great goal, you know, yeah. a brilliant goal, and just that was 
just a perfect day. We took so many fans there, great noise. Um, and just one of my favourite days, you know, just don't get the chance to go away with my dad that much now for the games. And that was just a really good one to do with him. Um, you know, a new ground for us and whatnot. And Devontae, there, he has got talent and he has got ability. And you said it last week. I mean, he's the type of player that will go somewhere else and light it up. Um, you know, I think a lot of Wrexham fans would accept that, that we're, we're not using him for whatever reason. And back to the Pearson point, I think I'm thinking about, you know, our strongest team gets to a big, say, playoff game. And, and what do we go for? Do you know that some people prefer the, the sort of the three five two formation? Others prefer maybe going with the four three three. Maybe I think the three Jordan at the back Davis. really helps um, the two wing backs, though. I think record yeah. and Johnson. Do you mean that they, they're both catered for in that like really well? And I don't think there are other natural wide options who you'd rather maybe have instead of them. So I, I do think that big games that's the formation you've got to go for. But it's these home games against well, it's the games against like Weldston Barn etc. Where I think I'd like to see more of a, an expansive sort of style of play. But maybe that's because we don't have the confidence in our defence that we can't actually do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to really like the look of Tyler French. I mean, his passing looks great and, you know, he's got that burst of pace. I know we shifted him out to to a wing-back role with uh, Hall Johnson out. Hopefully he's fit this week. I, I tweeted that I was kind of hopeful he'd be fit for the Wellston game, but particularly at Sutton, I'd like to think that he'd be back. But, you know, the surface, Dean's already shown that surface is big for him and, and he won't gamble any you know potential injury risk on a, on a surface he doesn't like. He didn't like the older shot. The, the grass at older shot and, and so didn't risk Harris there obviously Harris didn't play again at home um so I don't know I mean you know 4-1 I mean there'll be people that say why change it and he probably won't you know he'll probably go with an unchanged team I think unless we get the all clear yeah. on on Hall Johnson or you know 100% fit or you know Lainton as well I don't think he's going to be back in in time for for the Sutton and you're looking at the Barnet game maybe that you know Second bottom, you're going to give players a bit more of a run out. You need to change it. What could possibly so, go wrong? <laughs> Rich, a lot of things can go wrong with Wrexham, as we found out over the years. Um, yeah. But, you know, all we can do is fingers crossed. Like you say, Sutton is a big one. Saturday's a big one, uh, not just for me, obviously, for, for everyone. Um, and so I'm just really hoping that we give a good account of ourselves. That's all I want. And just, you know, we've given it a go. Win, lose, or draw, you know, we'll, we'll be here to, to digest it and, and reflect on it. But uh, it's a big week, Rich. It's a, it's a really big week i think yeah it is and like we said we'll be back next week to, to look back on it uh nathan we've sort of promised a feature here one loose feature on the uh on the podcast and Ooh. that feature is that we like to say i mean we need to figure a snappy name for it um yeah we'll come up with something you let us know if you think if you've got a good snappy name for yeah i'll try to think kind of so. I, I was about to try to think of some now but i thought that's gonna be a really bad podcast and we're already scraping <laughs> the barrel anyway so uh let's <laughs> let's not take it any lower than it needs to we're not lumbering so uh the player that you gave me last week was of course I've already forgotten who it was. Jonathan uh, Franks. Jonathan Franks. It was a good start. I thought it was yeah, a good start. I don't think I've gone quite that deep today. That's in, good. In terms That's of good. Because your knowledge is better than mine. Your I'm not sure it is. Mine. I'm really not sure it is. I think you're playing yourself uh, down there. And I think I've got a specific sort of era when I was working at the club and I was going to like, almost every game where I, I think I did have quite a deep cut from those years. But I think either side of it, it's, it's difficult sometimes to, to keep up with Wrexham. Um, so much happens and you know if you miss one game you feel like you're really far behind and you, you don't mm. know who's played for the month or whatever but this week I've got a player for you Nathan okay I'm looking forward to it um, this player didn't play much for Wrexham which is a common theme in this feature <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the know. 
the club he's at now don't even list Wrexham as a team he's played for in his career. Um, oh, he, jo- wow. he joined us on loan back in 2015. And right. he played eight times for the club and scored one goal. Um, this player started his career at Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, wow. Um, and then he went to Norwich, Sheffield Wednesday, before dropping down the leagues. Um, his current team is debated on Wikipedia. It's classed as Enfield Town. From what I can see, he was last at Aylesbury. He hasn't tweeted for almost three years. Oh, do you, God. Do you have any vague... Um, so he's a London-born player. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So it's it's, 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 it's a London-born, you know, someone who's been around the block. Eight games is not... Yeah, I mean, 20. eight games is the Wikipedia. Um, so I'm right. guessing that's league games because Wikipedia, I'm not sure if you don't know this, but me and Nathan are in sort of football reporting and the Wikipedia appearances to goals isn't actually there. It's like, I think that's their league appearances to goals. Right. If you go on well, something like Transfer Market, that like, gives you detail in every competition. But I don't, I don't think this player's got much detail to go with him, probably. No, so let's, uh, go to the, not... let's go to his career. So after Sheffield Wednesday, he went to Gainsborough Trinity on loan. Six appearances, no goals. He then joined Notts County. Four appearances, no goals. Came on loan to Wrexham. Eight appearances, one goal. Then he went on loan to Corby Town, one appearance, no goal. And then, according to his Wikipedia entry, at least, he hasn't played football since 2016. Oh, despite right. being uh, despite being at free clubs. Okay, is this is this maybe this was a bit too early? But was it someone like an Anthony Spyro? It wasn't Anthony Spyro, and no, I think the thing which is good. throwing you as well is that he wasn't an attacker. Um, right. Okay. Uh, so he joined us on loan from Notts County when Notts yeah. County were in League Two still, and I'm pretty sure he was brought in as injury cover for someone, but I can't quite remember who. Right, I'm just trying to think of that kind of 2015 sort of squad. I mean, that, this is the kind of thing where we have so many players that come in. Just, yeah, you know that. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm thinking it's some sort of like a fullback, fullback cover, um, or no. No, no. Okay. Any uh, any more clues, or is that that is, that is the maxed out on clues? Um. So he was a centre back. Centre back, right? Um. I'm gonna try find record of his actual like announcement of Wrexham or something. But uh, I mean, if you're listening at home and you've got any ideas, then maybe pause the podcast now and tweet in if you want to, or if you want to have a guess uh, when you're listening to this, then, then feel free to do so. Or maybe just wait and listen for the answer, then tweet it, it so you look really clever. That's probably what I do. Someone like. Uh, Valentine or no? Uh, no, Danny Livesey. These kind of players. No, uh, um, but no. they're all. I'm sure they're all going to come up in upcoming weeks. Oh, mate! It's like all I can think of. The only name I can think of now is uh, what do you call it? Daniel Alfie. It's not no, him, it's, it? it's, no, it's it's after Alfie. Um, so oh, dear me. Let me read. This is the statement on the Notts County website. <laughs> it says oh, blank God. blank joins Wrexham on loan. Notts County can confirm that another player has left the club on loan today. Centre-back Blank Blank has joined National League promotion chasers Wrexham until Saturday, January the 2nd, after catching the eye for Richard Drysdon's reserve side this season. Oh Blank was signed in the summer of 2014 by Sean Derry. He impressed during a number of first-team appearances last season, but saw first-team action limited due to injury. Um, Alright, okay. Uh, is it... Junior and Tam. It was not Junior and Tam. Um, oh. I remember hearing a really funny story about Junior and Tam. I'll have to check on my <laughs> to say it on the podcast or not. 
Um, I'll have to check. Um, so Maybe one for another week. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to ruin this too much. We signed him yeah. the same day we signed Danny O'Brien on loan from Wigan. Oh, my. Right, I mean... I'm I'm really clutching at straws, Rich. I mean, I <laughs> the may BBC have to... story is quite good. It says Wrexham have signed Notts County <laughs> defender blank blank and Wigan winger Danny O'Brien on loan until January. Wrexham, who are sixth in the National League, have also offered trialist John Kofi non-contract terms. Oh dear me! I'm, so what I, a I'm window thinking, that was! I think I'm going to have to throw in the towel, Rich. I, I, I'm I'm thrown now by Junior in town. I'm just trying to think of other defenders we've had that. Do you give up around? That... I'm going to have to give up, Rich, unfortunately. Um, And do you give up at home? Do let us know. and Be honest, did you get this one or not? Um, I thought this was easier than last week's. The answer was Taylor McKenzie. Um, Aye, aye, aye. He only played a few games. I remember being at the game, I'm pretty sure, for his debut. I can't... I just remember it being like an autumnal sort of night. I can't remember anything else about it. But yeah, Taylor (laughs) McKenzie. Taylor McKenzie. Well, I I, I think I was too thrown by some of the other names that were floating around in my head. But that's the problem. When I'm thinking about these players, it's just like a a round of... You know, kind of like a playground roundabout of just all these kind of players that we've had that I can't... And then I can't shake the name. I was too obsessed with Junior in town for a while. And I tried to... To think of other players, but there I you go. Love, I love Junior and Tal. Taylor McKenzie. Taylor yeah. McKenzie. So yeah, that's wow. That's the feature done this week. Uh, anything else you want to add before we before we shoot off, Nathan? I just want to say right. So six points available, Rich. What do we think we'll come away with over the next two games before we record again? I'm thinking three points. One win and one loss. To be honest, three. Um, I'll go with four, Rich. I'll go with four. Be, be the positive one. I'd love it if, and you think about that. If you come up that week and beat, and you come off the Wellstone game as well, and you look at the Hartley Pool as well, then your form's looking quite decent. If you if you can get through this next seven days unbeaten, um, yeah, it's got like we like we said, it, it is the real sort of the t- no time for talk anymore. We've got to walk the walk. We've got to prove that we can, we can do it. And you know, if we want to go up, you you don't get any free passes in this league, and it's time that we we really do show what we're about and. There's definitely foundations for that, but as has been so often this season, it's one step forward, two steps back, and it would not surprise me if in a week's time we haven't got a single point. Right. Well, let's hope, Rich. Anyway, I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got a packet of mini eggs to finish off, and then you know, hope that. Uh, What's your dream Easter egg? Up. Uh, dream Easter egg this year. Well, I've I'm, seen, and we're not affiliated with an Easter egg provider, but if I'm you a are Cadbury's man. Yeah, I'm a Cadbury's man. Well, I've seen this know. year that Cadbury's have released like. The actual egg has the chocolate in it, so you can get a crunchy egg, and the egg right. has crunchy parts in it, and there's a mini egg version wow. which has mini eggs in the Easter egg shell itself. Um, yeah, I think that's where I, I think that's the way I need to go, Rich. Yeah. So if you see me one, get me one, and, you know, sort me out. Put on expenses. Um, not, that we've got, <laughs> yeah. not that we've got any or a budget, which you can probably tell because it's quite haphazard. But uh, like, like we said, please do tweet us with any ideas, any suggestions you want to see going forward. Uh, just maybe a side note is that myself and Nathan are getting guests in future episodes. We'll trying to speak to some of your favourite ever Wrexham players and these are Wrexham players you've heard of sadly it is not Taylor McKenzie <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Franks but who knows maybe a future episode will be um, but yeah <laughs> thank you for listening Nathan thank you very much for joining us again cheers Rich catch you soon and thank you like we said for listening uh, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already this podcast you know we're going to try to do it every week and keep it going and we want to hear from you as well and if you've got any suggestions or what you'd like to see then please do let us know and if you'd like to be involved or interviewed yourself one week you want to have your say on, on the latest ongoings at the race course then please do tweet myself and Nathan and, and let us know but that's it for today's show thank you very much once again for listening and we'll see you again next time it's the 90th minute 
all your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.